Whiskey and Mash. I'm Chris Pullman. And I'm Gloria Ackerman. Happy Labor Day. Yeah, happy Labor Day. Today, tonight, today, it's late afternoon, <laughs> we will be reviewing Season 2, Episode 9, Dear Dad 3, and Season 2, Episode 10, The Sniper. Um, the Dear Dad episodes, this is the third Dear Dad episode. It's They're great episodes because it's where Hawkeye just sits back and writes a letter to his dad and tells what's going on around camp. And that's what we'll talk about today, what was mm. going on around camp while mm. Hawkeye was writing his dad a letter. Yeah, I think this is the last Dear Dad letter that is in the series, actually, because there was Dear Dad, Dear Dad again, and then Dear Dad 3. I don't know if there were any others. We'll have to wait and see. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. But. I like the way that... The show started out with them playing volleyball and just showing like kind of a laid back day where everything's not always crazy and that's where he started writing his letter because it was a laid back day. There were people playing volleyball. Mm -hmm. Hawkeye was, or um, Trapper was playing Frank Burns in a game of cards, which mm -hmm. he cheated at. And <laughs> said that's how else would I win? How else would I win? Mm -hmm. um, and then Hawkeye started his letter and that's where it began. Mm -hmm. So fun to see that atmosphere at camp that yeah you know not just all war and worry mm -hmm. so a um, couple of other things that went on um, he even said oh they went to OR um, to do surgery and he said one of the things that he wrote to his dad is the busyness breaks up the boredom um, but one of the guys in OR was um, worried that he would get some dark blood. And he said, make sure that you don't give me any dark blood. Mm. And, you know, Hawkeye took that. He just looked at him, shook his head, went back, talked to Trapper about it, and they came up with a great plan. They snuck into the OR, or the recovery, and mm -hmm. dyed his skin. That would last about two days. So he woke up and he's like, did you see me come in? And um, Ginger was his nurse. And she's like, oh, I see they have you as white. Huh? Good job passing, brother. And he's like, I'm not passing. No, it was, yeah. Um, they got you down as white. Good job, honey. <laughs> Get me out of here. I don't yeah. care if you are passing. You shut her. Was it? You I'm a watch your mouth. I'm a lieutenant, Bennett. and you, you watch show me your mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it just gave them something to him, something to think about. They told a story about a gentleman that did not want darker blood, and and ended up um, giving up his life rather than taking it. He uh, bled to death. No. No. No, they the told the story about the guy who invented the method of for separating of separating blood. blood into plasma and whole and the blood platelets, and he was black. Oh, he, oh, that's right. And he got into an and accident. He got and, into an accident and, and bled, he to, bled death to death because he wouldn't. They wouldn't admit him yeah. to the whites only hospital. Oh yes. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, I gotta correct you. Yeah, on that, that one is that's, that's that's a big difference. Yeah. So, a um, couple, you know, threads going through this. So, that is that the one that... Yeah, I just looked up um, 
Dr. Charles Drew. Develop, uh, he researched in the field of blood transfusions, developing improved techniques for blood storage and death. Uh, let's see here. Drew lost control of a vehicle after careening into a field. The car somersaulted. Um, Drew was trapped with serious wounds. His foot had become wedged. When reached by emergency technicians, Drew was in shock, barely alive. Due to his injuries, he was taken to Alamance General Hospital in Burlington, North Carolina. He was pronounced dead a half hour after he first received medical attention. Um, despite despite a popular myth to the contrary, once repeated on an episode of the hit TV series *Mash*, Drew's death was not the result of his having been refused a blood transfusion because of his skin color. This myth spread very quickly since during Drew's time it was very common for blacks to be refused treatment because there weren't enough Negro beds available or the nearest hospital only serviced whites. So, there you go. It's a uh, myth. It was a myth. But still, it Interesting gave, story. <laughs> interesting story, and it gave the soldier... Uh, Something to sit back and think about. Yeah. Because he, you know, I mean, he had Ginger as the nurse who was working on him with Hawkeye. And uh, at the end of the episode, he actually salutes her, yep. which shows that he gained respect. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, again, um, as I point out, not everything in MASH is historically accurate. So, you know, one fact being off here and there, not all that uncommon. But yeah, what else? I like that uh, the nurse and Radar were talking during one of their <laughs> down sections, and she asked if he was a virgin, and his response was, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so that was interesting. We never really find out anything, but she asked him point blank right out. Yeah, which I, you know, this goes to the naivete that they're trying to portray Radar as having, because, of course, there was the episode, uh, the I think it was the Army-Navy game, mm -hmm. where they were being bombed constantly, and Radar used his little line to get a nurse to yep, pull him yep, into the right. supply closet. And <laughs> so, he shouldn't be, but, but uh, it seems I like they're kind of... I think they're, they're trying of, to portray him that way. Yeah, I think they're trying to retcon the drinking and the whatever else out to make him that more naive Iowa person. Um Another thing that was very fun to watch in this episode is Henry gets um, film clips from his wife yeah. back home for his daughter's eighth child, uh, eighth birthday party. And it, it was just fun to watch. And Hawkeye even remarks, if you know, if you don't give them a command to cry, we're going to do it anyway. Or you better yeah. give the command to cry. Something to that point because it was very touching and... At the end, it showed Henry with his neighbor, gynecologist, mm. goofing around, and it showed a more personable Henry, and it was just fun to watch. Mm -hmm. Gives him a big kiss on the lips at the end because they yeah. pretended to fight, and it, it was Cla just fun to watch. Yeah, the classly, classic, like, snidely whiplash villain Henry was taking advantage of Milt Jaffe, the gynecologist's wife, and Milt came over and started trying to him. box him and then henry just you know pulls back and hits him in the chest once and he goes down so <laughs> it's really fun to watch is right and yeah. you got to see his wife and his daughter henry's yeah. wife and daughter yep lorraine and um, molly right and 
it was just a very touching moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Speaking of boxing, we saw Father Mulcahy boxing. Yep. Yeah, that keeps coming up time and time again. Uh, I can't remember what Hawkeye was saying over top his narration, but it was Father Mulcahy's way of staying in shape and such. And I think before he starts punching his punching bag, which was his duffel, uh, I think he did the he sign, did of, the sign of a cross. And yeah. <laughs> bless you. Blessed it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. They had a monthly staff meeting that they hadn't <laughs> met before. Six months prior was their last meeting. <laughs> oh, I, there weren't any minutes from last month's meeting. Nobody showed up. But, but I have the meeting, the minutes from the last meeting. Six months ago <laughs> for the monthly meeting. And then Hawkeye did make a motion to end the war. Yeah. And everyone agreed except well, Frank and Yeah. Margaret. And Margaret. So it passed five to seven because Radar was there, <laughs> all the senior medical staff and uh, Father Mulcahy. So, so passed five to seven. It didn't do anything. It but. Didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and how about you? Anything else before because there's a lot in the ending. Well, I mean, you know, this was, again, a Dear Dead episode in its classic form, so there was a lot to take in there. Um, we hear uh, Klinger in the first scene in the swamp uh, asking about getting a hernia operation. And he's, he's asking all the doctors, uh, including Henry, in the same scene, Henry is explaining to Father Mulcahy how he got sent to Korea. And it was something to the effect of, a general told me to give a patient an enema, a coffee enema. And my smart mouth, I said, with cream and sugar. <laughs> Within 12 hours, I was on a plane to Korea. <laughs> I should have done it. The coffee was already brewed. <laughs> He's telling us to Father Mulcahy. Um... I know that something else during the staff meeting that was rather interesting. Uh, Frank and Margaret are all by the rules so much so that it's confusing Radar a little bit because they're taking role and it's like, we know who's here. <laughs> um, and they, they get to change roles. Yeah, the they, person that leads the meeting changes each time. Yeah, so you know, as of the last monthly staff meeting that happened six months ago, uh, Frank had chaired, so it was Margaret's turn, so Henry had to switch places with Margaret, and uh, the minutes included the fact that the meeting was declared a shambles yeah, after, right. um, after Trapper tried to unscrew Major Burns' clusters, his, his, uh, Oakleaf clusters, his major insignias, and Hawkeye was like, oh, those were the days. <laughs> it was only six months ago. So again, we know that they've been there at least six months, according to this. Um, they not only darken Condon, uh, Sergeant Condon's skin once, they keep doing it so that he keeps getting darker. His feet got really dark. I don't know if you noticed mm, that. I did not. <laughs> His, he, he was all wrapped up until yeah. just his toes were hanging mm. out and they were like really dark <laughs> nice yeah uh i know that uh clinger was in on 
it because when we see Trapper darkening Condon, Clinger's there just giggling. And so <laughs> Condon wakes up, and it's the same point where he asks Ginger, or where Ginger right. makes a comment to him. He asks Clinger, Nurse! And Clinger turns, turns around, around, and of course it's, you know, the reaction we've come to know and love. It's like, ah! <laughs> You're a nurse! <laughs> he doesn't say that, but that's the expression. Um, and he says, Nurse, you saw me when I come in here. Do I look darker to you? <laughs> now that you mention it, yes. Are you sure they gave you the right, right. colored blood? <laughs> it's happened before. So he was playing right into it, as was Ginger. Uh, you could see the fear in his eyes, though. Like. Yeah, and then in the final scene in post-op, with him, Trapper comes in with a tray of food. Hey, Doc, I gotta talk to you. Well, how about you eat first? Food's the best medicine. Well, what's it? Well, exactly what you ordered, boy. Chicken and watermelon. watermelon. <laughs> and even how Trapper was addressing him, he was doing it in such a way that it was meant to um, at least imitate how someone might address a black man. Yeah. Right. And, hey, I didn't order any of that stuff. Get that out of here. You know who's Dr. Charles Drew was soldier? And then they, you know, repeat the story that he died because he wouldn't be admitted. But... Again, it gave Condon something to think about, and that's where we're left with him in post-op until we get, after the final commercial break, into the swamp where they're having another little get-together. Uh, Trapper and Ginger dancing. Well, kind of. See, I didn't realize that was the swamp. I thought it was the officer's. They don't have an officer's club, club at yet. this point. Okay. So that was definitely the swamp. Uh, Ginger and Trapper... Or no, that was in the beginning. Trapper's not in there yet. But yeah, we go into the swamp. And he writes to his dad, another day, another happy hour. Yep. Henry's explaining to one of the nurses how he's her commanding officer, so he can either promote her in the field or they can go back <laughs> to his place. And then we see Condon come in. And, uh, yeah. That's where he salutes Leslie. Yeah. Huh? Or, um... Ginger. Ginger, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Condon salutes Lieutenant Ginger Bayless, and you know she tells him, "Good luck, soldier." After he leaves, Trapper comes in. That's where he comes in, and uh, says, "Hey, Hawk, this is Nurse Anna Lindstrom from the Swedish unit. Thought you two might hit it off." And Hawkeye's still writing, so he says, "I'll be with you in a minute." But he was singing. So she sits down. The radio, the the radio's on, and it's playing. I don't know the name of the song. Um, but don't forget, folks, that's what you get, get folks, for making whoopee. What is this whoopee? <laughs> I'll be with you in a minute, darling. <laughs> so that's great how it ending. ends. It's great, yeah. Just one more fact I just forgot to yeah. mention. That's that we learned Frank's middle name, Marion. <laughs> Marion. Frank Marion Burns. <laughs> yep. Just one more thing to pick out. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things in the beginning of the episode that reminded me of a quote that I had heard, uh, the quote was, um, interminable periods of boredom punctuated by moments of sheer terror. Uh, from what I can find quickly on Google, I believe that comes out of World War One, And that's kind of what this seemed, because even when they get into surgery, it was pretty routine until, I don't, I can't remember if you mentioned this, um... They're patching up a guy, 
and then a soldier comes in with an unexploded oh yes Great. grenade no, didn't in his that. body it was big too yeah it had to have been either i'm guessing it was a rifle propelled grenade because that's kind of what it looked like it had a rounded tip um it's the sort of thing where they would put it on the end of the rifle right and then the bullet would actually ignite the propellant and then it would go shooting off and so yeah it was this it wasn't just a normal little pineapple thing it was yeah it was big it was like big probably about the size of what you would call a po- like a potato masher out of world war ii a german grenade so it had to have been some sort of propelled grenade I don't think it was a rocket-propelled grenade because I think those look different. But here's Henry and Margaret and Hawkeye working to remove this thing. First of all, it was very convenient that they were doing all of this stuff below the frame. Right. So you could... <laughs> Not if you, if, patient. Yeah, if you really look, it's like, eh, your hands are probably bouncing a little too much for the incision you're making there, so you're miming it. But... What was really interesting to me after watching um, Laura get a epidural during Ryan's birth uh, was watching this episode again. I've seen it a bunch of times, but when they take this needle, what looks like just the needle part of a syringe, so there is no syringe on it, and they stick it in and Henry says, there's the fluid. Well, what that is, is they're hitting the spinal, uh, like the, the synovial fluid for the spine. So they're giving him an epidural, that sort of thing, to numb and kind of immobilize his lower half because that's where the grenade is. So they went above where the rocket, where, where the grenade was, put that in, put in the numbing agent, and then they started working on him. And you see Henry with retractors and all that. But it was just really neat to kind of watch that and be like, oh, I get that now. Yeah, an epidural. An epidural. And, you know, when he said, I can see the fluid, it was the fluid from the spine coming back up. So, um, but they survived that, obviously. And that was, even Hawkeye in his letter says, um, you know, we get these moments of uh, just terror. Right, because it could have exploded at any time. Because it could have exploded, yeah. So... I mean, they barricaded the area, so just they, those three were there. Yep, sandbagged against... So this was in pre-op in the scrub room, which, by the way, <laughs> this is one of the times <laughs> where we can see that pre-op is outside of oper- of the operating room, off to the side of, like, in the pilot where they exit. To go to our radar's office. New. Oh, that's the other way. See, I'm backwards today. They, they exit with the handcuffs on out of pre-op, and it's the scrub room that they come out of, at least according to a lot of these things. Okay. Like they would be coming out of pre-op, because you go in, there's the scrub room, then you have the operating room, then, then, you, have pre-op. then you have maybe a little waiting area kind of, then radar's office you keep turning the corner you get to post-op which is right on the other side of the doors from radar's office Mm -hmm. and that's what makes the l okay at least that's what i can tell is the basic layout 
from time to time you would get a storage room in that or something yeah in that center part somewhere and a lot of the time where like pre-op is kind of flips but the operating room is always on like the lower part of the L from radar's office post-op is always on the upper part of the L and that would have been out on the extreme end of the lower part of the L from the operating, operating room. room. Yeah, out in the scrub room. Because that's not the only time we see them take a grenade out of somebody, right. I think. And I think they went to that spot. Mm-hmm. Always. Yeah. So that's the only other thing I would point out about the episode is I think that really expresses the sort of terror that they see. Because everything else is just kind of ridiculousness at MASH, which is nice. Right. <laughs> Terror is what you see in the next episode, I think. Yeah, oh, it definitely. Because it made me th sit back and think. Mm -hmm. So The other thing to mention, if you have the DVDs of MASH, I don't think you can do this on Netflix, but on the DVDs you can. What you can do is listen to the episodes without the laugh track, which I did that for like the second half of this episode. It's different. Yeah, you didn't like it. I didn't notice a big difference, but it, you did. Yeah. Maybe I've just watched it too much, but, you know, the jokes, the punchlines, with the laugh track on, people are laughing. Right. Because they want you to know exactly where right. you're supposed to laugh. Mm. But when you turn that off, it just flows. But it's still funny and you know where to laugh. <laughs> yeah. It's just a little weird to yeah. me for right. some reason. And maybe I've just gotten used to it. But, you know, that's something to try if you have the DVDs is watch a couple episodes without the laugh track and see what you prefer. And then email us. Email us at whiskeyandmash at narclanning.com. Let us know which way you prefer it. Right, I'd love to hear. Yeah. But with that, should we move on to, to episode... Episode 10, season 2. The Sniper. So basically what happens is a sniper comes to MASH, an enemy sniper, and starts just peppering away at the camp. Um, what eventually happens, for a while, Henry is trapped in the showers with Radar, Frank Burns takes over. During that time, Hawk and Trap, mainly Hawkeye, want to surrender to the sniper. Henry comes in when an ambulance enters the compound and makes a comment, I can't surrender without orders. Uh, Hawkeye keeps pushing that we need to surrender because then we might actually be able to treat the wounded. They give it a try. The sniper fires on their white flag. They, uh, while Hawkeye was tending to a nurse, <laughs> tending to a nurse in post-op, while Henry was still trapped, Trapper was calling headquarters to try and get some help. And they couldn't be there for another day and a half because there was a push on. When help finally does come, it comes in the way of a helicopter with um, somebody with a Thompson submachine gun in the passenger seat. And they proceed to, yeah, just fire on the sniper once they get his location and just unload a few clips on him. And so then he puts up a white flag. Uh, Hawkeye being the person he is, comes out with a bag to treat him. Frank says, 
He fired on our white flag. Why should we do anything to help him on his? It could be a trap. But at the end of the episode, we understand that the sniper thought that he had gotten, somehow, he thought that he had gotten to General MacArthur's HQ and that he had General MacArthur pinned down and that he was going to be the most famous man in all of Korea. Um, and they end the episode by saying, well, it would be terrible to disappoint him if only we could find a MacArthur. And so they put like an officer's brown cap, sunglasses, and a corncob pipe on Frank. Who was sleeping. Who was sleeping, and he wakes up, what's going on here? <laughs> you have returned! So that's the basic plot line of the episode. And then let's go into some specifics about uh Well, we, we talked about the fear, you know, yeah. from the grenade from the last episode, the fear that you get. I mean, when someone's shooting at you and you mm -hmm. can't leave and you get that trapped feeling. Mm -hmm. And it was just funny watching Radar. We get to see Radar's butt in this one. <laughs> get to or have to. We yeah. weren't sure what, what the... Whatever you prefer. <laughs> whatever you prefer. Yeah. But... He runs out because they were trapped in the shower and he, you know, tries to do his squiggle. I think they teach you that, to run well, different... Well, he was trying to just run. Run, and, and every time he'd run, the gun would shoot right in front of him. So he'd go the other way and they'd shoot right in front of him. It was like a trapped rabbit. That's what he looked like. So um, as he was running back in, he lost his towel. Um, it was just the fear that you saw in everyone mm. running around. You kind of lose mm -hmm. your what would make sense. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, if he just ran forward, he would have made it 10 he times. Made it. Yeah. But I don't think you're thinking straight. Mm -hmm. You see a bullet, you run the other way. And these aren't combat guys. Right. They're they're corpsmen, they're doctors. They might have had some training, but it's not the same as for a soldier, for right. a marine, for whatever. Um, I wonder if they go through the same training, though. Don't they all have to go to boot camp? They all do basic. basic. We actually hear that out of B.J. Honeycutt. You have a bunch of doctors running around in doing basic training. I'm sure they don't make them do the same basic training that they would a Marine. or Maybe? I don't, I don't know. know. I'm not sure. I mean, they should, because you yeah. should learn to run from a bullet, I guess. I, I kind of think they do, but... You don't pay attention? I don't know because you know once you get out the sergeant that's giving you basic has to salute you so I'm not sure how that goes all the time right but um, definitely everybody would have had to go through basic definitely the corpsman I don't know about the nurses I would assume but I'm not sure um, but yeah it was very interesting to see all that terror like when Henry and Radar were still trapped in the shower and Frank decided to take over. He's standing up in post-op. They put up uh, blankets over the windows so that the Can't sniper couldn't see him. And Frank is standing up there. Now I want everybody to be calm. And, uh, and that's an order. And uh, <laughs> Nobody was calm. We are. And then a bullet comes through the wall like right over his shoulder. I would love to know how they did that effect because you actually <laughs> see it like pop out. So it was a practical effect. We're having an enemy attack. <laughs> it's like, oh, great, thanks. Way to calm everybody down and reassure them. No, he's freaking out as much as everybody else. I, 
I just want to point out while it's fresh on my mind that my niece is a nurse in the mm -hmm. army and she did have to yeah. go through basic. Okay. So it just made me think. Yeah. My niece Tracy. Yeah. Had to go through all that basic mm -hmm. training. So but apparently they do all have to. Yeah. I'm not sure what it would have been like in the 50s. Hopefully the same. Oh yeah, that's right. But <laughs> at that time, women definitely were not on frontline combat units. That's true. The closest they probably would have gotten was a mash outfit. So, I don't know. Again, I kind of hope that they would have gone through something basic. But all the I'm nurses sure. did have manicures, though. Yeah, every one of them. And you saw <laughs> Margaret with these like inch-long nails. And Terry Gar, who played Hawkeye's girlfriend, mm -hmm. um, you would recognize her from Tootsie and from she was Phoebe's mother on Friends, and you, you know, she played a lot of roles. So, sure. but she had the long. Mm. fingernails and ginger mm. had the long fingernails so mm. either they were bored but i just don't well, you think know, that they had what you needed to do well you know you go back to um this the the previous episode dear dad three they probably had a lot of downtime when there was a lull in their sector mm -hmm. uh in other episodes we see hawkeye painting nurses nails uh-huh so they would have had some stuff in another episode later on in the series we see bj honeycutt come back from seoul with a manicure oh okay so they oh yeah they, and they could have went to seoul for that yep for you know some uh r and r some leave time so at least they could have done it there uh but knowing that like margaret had an electric hair dryer in her tent oh. chances aren't bad that they that might they have had, had some manicure right. stuff yeah so i mean it's true it's possible you know the nurses could have had a what it girl's takes. night or whatever and Fit each other's nails okay you never know <laughs> never know i understand what you're saying and i don't disagree but they might have been able to um let's see here what else we had our ch chase well, back into the shower Henry uses him as a shield. Oh, yeah, he uses radar. As a shield. <laughs> After radar runs back in, what happened? I forgot my glasses. <laughs> then Henry goes, I have an idea. Come here. And kind of corrals radar in front of him, kicks open the door, and he's standing there with radar. In front of him. You hear me? This is Colonel Blake. <laughs> Sniper shoots the door, the, the shower sign above the but door. I love this thing. <laughs> Wow, sucker here's really good. <laughs> As they're sitting there huddled in the shower. I love that huddle scene. Because mm -hmm. they, they're, they're both half naked. You know, they just have yeah. towels on. And they just grab each other yeah. and with the fear in their eyes. And it, it's just a funny scene to see the colonel and his, you know, secretary. Or yeah, yeah his secretary. <laughs> just hugging it out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Later on in the episode... Uh, at one point, Margaret makes the comment that a real man would be out there with his gun hunting the sniper. You and have to keep in mind that they found out that Frank has a gun. Yeah, he was cleaning it in the swamp, and uh, Trapper pointed out, it's like, put, stop pointing that thing. Safety's on. Oh, well, now Click. it is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Frank. And that's how BJ Honeycutt gets shot later in the series. But we'll get to that. But yeah, not so, this episode. Right later in the series. Right. But yeah, that so Frank has a gun. So 
he does go out at one point in this episode and Hawkeye comes in wakes up Margaret says it's Frank's shift where is he well he's not here he's not here <laughs> so Hawkeye goes out looking for him and from under this tarped pile of supplies we hear another step and I'll blow your head off in Frank's voice yeah. <laughs> Frank oh hi it's almost like you can see him cracking up. Like, because yeah. at the end, that's what does him in. But little yeah. by little, you can see him cracking up. But he tells his story of, I almost wasn't a doctor. I was going to be a nurse, but I couldn't handle that. I so couldn't do hospital corners. <laughs> I flunked out of two med schools. And Hawkeye's like, Frank, Frank really, don't, don't, tell me. don't tell me. You know that The Undertaker would send me Christmas cards? <laughs> Please don't tell me this stuff. <laughs> you aren't going to tell you know who are you? If we're lucky, neither of us will run into her. And then they hear some sound in the mess tent. Which in another episode, we actually see a Korean, a North Korean, come into the MASH mess tent and get food and run out. And we know he's a North Korean because Radar says, Wow, that's funny writing on the gun. That looks like Russian. Oh, and it was... It was a Russian rifle. It was an AK-47, I think. And so, legitimately, the forward observers from the North Korean side would sneak in and do that. It turns out to be Radar getting food because, as we've seen in other episodes, he loves to eat. And earlier in this episode, he told Colonel Blake, I need to eat so often or else everything turns in my to body... liquid. Everything in my... Solid <laughs> in my body turns to liquid. And my shoes are soaking wet. Yeah. They are not. <laughs> but, um... So they find Radar in there. Hawkeye tackles him. Frank shoots twice. Lights a match. Hawkeye says, Stop shooting. We got him. I didn't fire. I didn't fire. Yes, I oh, did. Yes, I did. <laughs> Radar, what are you doing? You're risking your life for... And he looks. Ketchup on rye? <laughs> and lettuce. With lettuce and butter. And then... And this is... I that think, sounds good to me. No. <laughs> yeah, but ketchup sounds good to you on anything. So I don't... Yeah. I don't take that as a valid culinary <laughs> critique. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but... I think there was a little bit of a goof in the... Yeah, I think you're right. ...in the script at this point in the episode because we see Hawkeye come into frame, blow out Frank's match, and then Frank says, that was too close, and Radar says something, and the impression you get from their two lines is that it was... I think it was supposed to be the sniper. Right. So I don't know if they just didn't get the shot right or what. And then just let it go. And just let Hawkeye be the one to blow it out. Or if we're supposed to get the impression that Frank was so out of his mind still at that point that he thought it was the sniper. Either way, they end up back um, safely in post-op. And then it's the next day. The helicopter comes. One funny thing about that, Henry's on the phone with HQ... When are you guys supposed to get here? Oh, you're here. What? Twelve hundred? Well, it's uh, it it's it it's past that now, right? It's four o'clock, sixteen hundred. <laughs> Why can't you guys just tell time like everybody else? 
and then he's talking to the guy at HQ and the choppers there and he says I can't I can't hear you the guys still trying to talk to him I can't so then he just hangs the phone on the skeleton in his office right where his ear would be I'll call you tomorrow yeah which is pretty funny um he does that a lot because that we've noticed that once before that he did hung, he do that before yes he did that once before where he hung the phone on the skeleton nice okay so, yes there you go but after the chopper um, shoots the sniper, and you just kind of feel <laughs> you feel bad because they're like, "Well, radar said, why did he do that to us?" And Hawkeye said, "He's just a kid. He's sixteen or seventeen." Yeah. And that's when they told the story where he thought it was MacArthur's yeah. um, headquarters. And all you know, you mentioned that, and now I remember when they were in surgery, after they tried to surrender. The sniper apparently took out the generator, so the lights were out. The, the guy that Hawkeye was doing surgery on, he looked at him, had the nurse bring up the light, and he said, Look at him. He still has baby fat. They should be at home playing, not here not getting, getting shot. shot. Yeah. So I think there was a point yeah. of and the youth that were getting killed and injured. Mm -hmm. and that's a consistent point throughout the series i think but not all were drafted i know my dad mm -hmm. um faked his id to get in early and because he was underweight and underage and he wore weights and faked his age wow so he could get in well and ron howard's character earlier oh, yes he he, he was used his brother's id to, to get, get in. into the marines right so so people felt an honor and a need to fight. Mm -hmm. And so they got in any way they could, even the younger. And I can definitely understand that, especially in the time frame when this would have been happening. We're at most maybe a year into the Korean conflict. You know, definitely six months into the U.S. involvement, but maybe a year in. I would have to look at, you know, where the line was in the peninsula at that point. But... This was after World War II. Right. You know, World War II ended only a few years prior. So, so they still had that sense of commitment and mm -hmm. that sense of loyalty right. that they needed to... Yeah, the, that patriotism of right. I should serve, which is in this country again, except for the fact that now we're just having contractors go out right. and, and we don't fight, use, which is a totally different or subject. Or they're using those... Drones. Uh, drones, right. <laughs> Which is a whole different issue, too. But, you know, at this point in time, there was a draft, there were volunteers, and I think there was still a sense of duty because we hadn't hit Vietnam yet. Right. Where we totally were that so disrepresented. Uh, that screwed up warfare for the U.S. Right. for a long time. But this is still before that. This is still when kids would have been... Very patriotic, very loyal. Home. Yeah. And like, my dad served in World War II, I need to go. Something like that. Or mm -hmm. my uncle, my friend, whatever. My right. friend's big brother. Um, so that makes sense that it would happen to both sides. And in fact, in the movie, um, in, in MASH the movie, we see where they're trying to get Hojon out of the Korean army. Because he's of draft age. They give him like some amphetamines to make his pulse go up. And the doctor there who's giving him his physical is like, oh, 
He was around an American hospital. I think he might have ingested some pills that he didn't mean to. So I'm going to keep him for observation. And maybe by tomorrow his vitals will return to normal. Ah. Yeah. But in later episodes we hear, at least according to the show, where, like, the drafting in Korea was basically an army truck in South Korea, the, the part that we were allied with, would be a truck pulls up, throws guys in the back, and you're drafted. Right. And that's it. Mm-hmm. It didn't could, matter what your health was. Mm-hmm. Could very well be the same in the North. Yeah. You know, as the war progressed. But... So. Uh, past that, anything else about this episode? No. I have, I have no. one more little inconsistency to point okay, out. Okay, go ahead. Okay. In the beginning, uh, before the sniper comes, Hawkeye... So, this, the episode opens with Trapper doing laundry in water and gin. Oh, yeah. Which I guess kind of acts as an antiseptic, so it would probably work. Um, they have a line strung up in their tent, and they're he's doing laundry hawkeye comes in he's shaving because he has a date uh frank comes in he's cleaning his gun radar comes in with a picnic basket of breaded spam cutlets something like that on uh you know some sort of surplus bread i'm sure and something that we see is hawkeye says something that makes radar leave the swamp before he leaves he pulls out this bottle of brandy and says compliments of Colonel Blake. There's not very much brandy in there. Well, he wasn't very complimentary. You know, it's just this little amount and maybe like a liter bottle. And Trapper says, here, use white brandy and hands him... The gin. The gin. He never pours any into the bottle. But then when we're out with Hawkeye on his picnic with uh, Terry Gar's character... Mm-hmm. It's a full bottle, or an almost full bottle. Right, because so, the sniper shoots it. She plays Suzanne, so his Suzanne. girlfriend was so Suzanne. So, nurse Suzanne. I think it's one of the few, it's not, she's not a regular. No, she's not. Yeah. But, so. but yeah, you see this bottle that's now pretty much full. So, I think Gary Berghoff forgot to do something before he ran out of a tent. But just another inconsistency in the episode. So again, I think there was that, and then I think the sniper was supposed to blow out uh, the, match. the match. Because the sniper also apparently shoots the pole that the surrender flag is on in half, which is either a very good shot or a very lucky shot. And I think that, it was a lucky one, because I don't think it was a good shot. Yeah, because he was, you know, really peppering away. Laura made the comment at one point, he's firing really quick. And it's like, well, for a bolt-action rifle, yeah, he is firing super quick. Not even um, uh, the guy who ca- shot Kennedy. I can't remember his name right now. I did a paper Lee Harvey on Oswald? Him. Thank you, Lee Harvey no. Oswald. Not even he could have operated a bolt-action uh-huh. that quick. Um. But if the sniper had a semi-auto rifle with a clip, then he could have shot about that quick. I don't know if he would have had one at the time. But I think that's about all I have. So how do they watch us? 
How do or they listen to us? <laughs> they I don't watch say, us. I always say watch. They can't watch us. Thank goodness. We don't have that capability. <laughs> if you wanted to help us out, dear listener, to get us have that capability, you could, but that's a little far in the future. Um, if you enjoyed our antics today with these two episodes, if you have any comments, questions, critiques, suggestions, yeah, um, head on over to narclaninc.com, N-A-R-C-L-A-N-I-N-C.com slash whiskey and mash. You'll be brought to the whiskey and mash homepage. From there, we will have a link out to our Facebook page where you can link up with us there, send us a message, post a comment. And we're also, we will put a post out there about every new episode. If you want to just email us, get in contact with us that way, email us at whiskeyandmash at narclaninc.com, as I had said previously. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to listen to more, head over to iTunes or to your favorite podcast application, search for Whiskey and Mash, and you can subscribe to the feed so that every time we post a new episode, it automatically downloads, and we are there for you to listen to at your earliest possible convenience. If you don't do the podcast thing, but you still want to listen to us, you can head over to narclaninc.com slash whiskeyandmash. There will be links there for all the raw MP3 files of our podcast. You can stream them right from the web page, or you can download them from the web page, put them on an, uh, an MP3 player, listen to them at your leisure. There's other great opportunities. You and your wife do a podcast. Other opportunities to listen to my mellifluous voice? Yes. 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 <laughs> so, yeah, the, the NAR podcast family, there are two more uh, podcasts out there. I always feel a little weird pimping these week after week. but well, um, that's how you do it. <laughs> Laura and I do a uh, podcast, Geeks Apparently. We are geek parents, and it's just a podcast to try and kind of show that just because you're a nerd or a geek parent... However that may be for you, even if it's just, you know, an English nerd or um, a cribbage geek, whatever. You don't have to give up that lifestyle just because you become a parent, whether that's a parent of a human child or a fur baby. Either way, you can still keep doing that. Right now it's about a bi-weekly podcast. We're trying to keep it a little more consistent, but that's how it is because we have a baby. Um, the other podcast I do, Chris Reed's book. Currently we're kind of in between seasons, but... It's where I read to you chapters out of my books that I've written so that you can consume those in an audio format rather than having to read them. Because any of these podcasts, I don't know about you, but I really like to listen to podcasts on the drive to work while I'm at work because I have a job where I don't really have to pay attention through my ears all the time so I can have something going on. And I would rather listen to something and get something out of it than just kind of like listen to music. So these podcasts are great. You can find all of our podcasts on iTunes, on your favorite podcast application. Just search by the title. Head over to narclaninc.com. I almost have the site updated. Once I do, there will be a page for each and every podcast in the family, in the NAR podcast family. And we will have links out to all of our social media as well as all the raw MP3 files that you can download and listen to. They can buy your books also, can't they? Uh, I have one book out there that's available to be bought. Yep, there's uh, a version of it, a first edition version, available on all electronic platforms. 
Otherwise, uh, Mystery and Deceit from Earth to Mars is the title. If you were to go to lulu.com, you could buy a physical copy. Otherwise, right now, there is a really cool contest on Inkshares, inkshares.com, and it is being like co-sponsored by the Nerdist uh, company, Chris Hardwick's deal, which if you are looking for a new podcast, look up the Nerdist. Great podcast. He uh, interviews celebrities, people, that sort of thing. It's great, but they're doing this thing where it's a contest to get the top five new authors published. So I also have my book up there, uh, Mystery and Deceit from Earth to Mars. If I hit 750 pre-orders, everybody who pre-orders will get an e-copy of the book. If I hit 1,000, then, then they'll do an actual print run of the book. So I would love your support. If you're into science fiction, that's what the book is. Head over to inkshares.com, look up Mr. and Deceit, or just search Chris Pullman, and you can help me out if you'd like to. I have 10 sample chapters. Feel free to read those, or head over to narclaninc.com slash chrisreadsbook, and you can listen to the t uh, first 10 chapters. Buy well. a copy. I'm sure he wouldn't mind autographing it for you. No, absolutely not. So, um, you know, buy a copy. Get an autograph from a real true <laughs> author who is a great I'm trying, author. So. I'm trying to start out. Yeah. Right. No, I would love it. You know, definitely you can read before you buy. So you don't have to commit to my book without knowing anything about it. Head over to Inkshares. You can read the first ten chapters. They're out there for you. In the meantime... You know, while I'm waiting for you to do that, because I'm sitting out here in the past, hello future people, <laughs> and you're sitting there in real time. Um, <laughs> while we wait for you, I think we will just wrap this up this week and say thank you for coming, and uh, thanks for listening to Whiskey and Mash. See you next time. See you next time. Uh, yeah, that would be great. <laughs>